Hello, podcast world. Welcome to episode 127 of Run Chats with Ron Runs NYC. This episode is all things Tokyo Marathon. There are Tokyo tips and questions answered from yesterday's IG Live Convo with my good friend Naomi Fox. Huge thanks to all who joined. We look forward to seeing you in Tokyo. Naomi was a great co-host and is running for a six-star like so many others. She asked me our top-of-mind questions, and we answered many more from our engaged audience as well. We covered this thing from soup to nuts. So if you're having some pre-Tokyo marathon race anxiety, this is the episode for you. This is my fifth trip to Japan. I ran Tokyo in 2019 and 2023, and I shared my experiences and best practices to help everyone be better prepared for a great race day and travel experience in Japan. Ganbatte. We hope you all enjoy the listen. Hey, good morning, IG Live community, IG peeps. Hopefully we're going to get a nice group of people on here who are running the Tokyo Marathon who are interested in getting some last-minute tips and uh, have a discussion with my good friend Naomi here who's running her first Tokyo. And she is super excited to be going over there with her close friend Eileen and Allie. They're all you know, teammates together, Jersey Jersey peeps, and they're all getting their six-star medals together. They've been a a group and a team for a long time. And uh, like many who haven't run Tokyo before, she has questions, uh, concerns, worries, whatever it might be. I see people coming on. Thank you all so much. I see Kimberly Doyle, Marty Mixa, Viva Laranga. Hello, everybody who's coming in. Thank you all. I wave because it's too far away for the screen for me to hit the button and wave back to you all. But we appreciate you all joining. Um, and, you know, basically we wanted to make this a fun, informational kind of a conversation where I will share my most important tips that I've learned. I've run Tokyo in 2019 and I ran it in 2023. So I've run there twice. Um, and also I've been to Tokyo two other times for my business life. So I know a lot about traveling to Japan. It is uh, far and away my favorite travel destination. Uh, so I'm so excited for Naomi and so many of my other friends, uh, Natalie, um, so many that I know are getting their six star that have never been to Japan. And they're just going to have their uh, their world's rocked when they just see how spectacularly clean it is, how beautiful it is, and how peaceful it is. And um, just everything about it uh, really gets me going. So, Naomi, thanks so much for joining me. Yeah, awesome. Great to be here. I am super, super excited to hear more about Japan, Tokyo. And I do want to say that normally my style is to not really be overly prepared. I like the element of surprise. But a lot of things have been getting me anxious lately. That Facebook group is like crazy. People are even fighting on it. Now it's getting aggressive. I'm getting the popcorn, listening to what's going on. And I actually don't really know what's fake, what's faux, what's the real deal. So I figured no better person to ask one of my resties, run besties, Ron, the man, the legend, so that I can get some info and be ready to go and just focus on hitting the pavement, doing my thing and getting my six star along with my friends. Shout out to them because without them, I don't even know if I would be here without Ron. Don't know if I'd make it here, but can't wait to do it and can't wait to see all you out at Tokyo. So, Ron, what's the deal? Let me know. Well, first off, that was a great intro. Um, and I've totally, uh, it resonates with me so much. I, I have not been on Facebook really at all since uh, my dog Coco passed away during last year's Six Star Journey. And um, just, I, we only have so much time, all of us, uh, to dedicate to whatever it is, right? Um, our families, our children, our pets. 
uh, our business life, and then of course our running and our travels, adventures around the world. So for me, it just became too much. And those Facebook groups to me um, pushed way over on the toxic side. There's way too much argument. There's way too much acrimony. Um, there's an enormous amount of anxiety, which is what I want to help people with. Um, I went to um, you know, custom performance, had a wonderful Tokyo event day, met a bunch of people. And I, it's so, so funny how talking to someone versus writing a message or on a comment stream can allay people's fears or anxiety. So that's really what the purpose of this is. So um, we're going to kind of talk through this thing kind of freestyle with my number one tips, if you will. Um, and then you know, um, Naomi's going to ask me questions also that are, you know, present front of mind for her. And then obviously anybody who's scrolling through in the bottom, I can see comments. Um, unfortunately, one of the things I hate most about IG live is anybody who's commenting. Um, we cannot, those comments do not follow through and Thomas, uh, closed captions automatically get added. Um, so that's not something I do. They, I see your comment on the bottom right now that automatically gets added to every IG live stream and everything that goes along with that. So that will absolutely happen for you and anyone else that requires it. Um, but as far as the comment like Thomas just made on this live stream, that will not follow once the live stream posts. So it's one of the things I really hate because if somebody asks a great question below, it disappears. Yeah. And if we answer it in this conversation, again, it disappears. So um, what I uh, really encourage all of you to do is after you listen today, um, to tag your friends who are running Tokyo, to tag your friends who have questions that are still pressing and write them to this reel that we'll post, this IG live that we'll post, write them there. I can answer them. Naomi can answer them. Um, and then other people can benefit from you having asked that question in a group form. And yet we're not going to do any negative stuff, man. We don't do it. Um, I'm all about being positive and so is Naomi. So um, we're going we're gonna to keep it super positive. And we, again, thank you all for joining. So that's it. Um, you want me to start with my number one tip? You think that's a good place to start? How about the number two? Number two, <laughs> you could tell. You could tell we know each other. You can't mess with the script, man. The script is number like, one tip, Ron. Number num one tip. Number one tip is Let's get into it. Is we got to get to the starting area. Um, you know, I think it's kind of somewhat obvious, but we have to get to the start area. Um, and for those of you who are lucky enough to be staying local, um, Naomi is staying at the Hyatt. I stayed in the Hilton. You have the Kale Plaza, which is one block over from the starting area. You have the Knot and many other hotels. I probably know every hotel that's in the Shinjuku starting area just from having been there a bunch of times. So you have an advantage that maybe others don't have. I would literally tell you as your very first action item to go to the starting area, get there. Um, if you're staying in the finish area like me this year, figure out you're going to need to do that on race morning anyway. So what train are you going to be on? Take the train. If you're staying somewhere in between like Rapungi or somewhere else, you're going to need to know how to get to the starting area anyway. I would say the largest amount of anxiety people have is where am I going to go in? Where is my gate? What's it going to be like race morning? So you can solve a lot of that uh, discomfort and allay a lot of anxiety by just getting there. And if you're lucky like Naomi or I was last year where you can walk out of your hotel and be on the starting line street, that's great. But so what if you're not? Get in that subway and by the way, Uber is an option. People always talk about the great train systems in Japan, and they are wonderful. Uber works like magic in Japan. I've used it all over the place. I'm getting black cars in two seconds flat. I took it to Big Sight to get to the expo. So don't always think it has to be trains. If you're one of those people who gets freaked out by trains or can't figure out if you should be on the front or the back of the train, even though Google Maps tell you that, you can do Uber. So get to the start line, walk around. 
figure out which way the start actually goes. Because I've seen people get turned around on maps. They can't figure out if they're going this way or they're supposed to be going that way. You'll know when you're at the starting line on each side of that street, there are these little markers in the ground. And it basically, if you uh, do a Google Translate on it through Google Chrome, it will tell you it's a Tokyo Marathon starting area. You'll know you're at the exact spot where the race begins. It's a narrow road. And it's important for you to get used to it. It's a two-lane road. It's the government buildings. It's super tall. Um, it is a lot of GPS interference. Um, when I ran it in 2019, Naomi, I got 27.6 on my watch. And when I ran it last year, I got 26.59. So if you're going to be depending, and this is the other reasons I talk about going there, if you're going to be depending on your average pace per mile for what you're trying to run to maybe BQ, to maybe run a PR or the other side of this equation, which is equally important because I want all my people that are in the back of the pack that are in uh, maybe the K corral that are really nervous about getting swept. You need to know what pace you're running so that you can stay ahead of the sweep, the sweep bus or also just to get to a certain time goal that maybe you have. And um, some other big things that are just the word of mouth, it can be wordy, but it's not easy to type this stuff out and have it be you know, three sentences. Look, it's narrow in the beginning. You're gonna run about 200 yards. You're gonna make a sharp left turn. And think about this. There's 30 plus thousand runners. It's a gun start. You know, you have the elites, you have A, B, C, it sweeps around a sharp 90 degree angle to D, E, and F and goes all the way back. You're barely moving if you're, I was in D and it took us, um, I think it was eight minutes and 36 seconds. I'm going to look it up. To I'll post start, it. Right? I'll post it in a comment so you can know. Again, that's not going to help you maybe if you're in K, but it does, if you're in D, it gives you an idea. It took me eight minutes and 36 seconds to cross the starting line last year from D. I ran in B in 2019. It was much less time. But if you're in G, H, or K, it's going to be longer. You just, instead of freaking yourself out about it, just know you're not going to be moving. You're going to be going really slowly. Take some selfies, relax. Um, other thing that people are still somehow unclear on, there are places to discard clothing at the front. There are places to disclose, uh, discard clothing in some of the corral areas. It's on the maps. If you take the time and read them, they are a pain in the ass. Maybe you're not a map person, but read them. Uh, even if you leave them on to the very end, right as you get to the start, maybe 50 yards, 50 meters or so on your right-hand side, there are going to be those boxes, uh, clothing bins. And you can leave stuff on to the last minute. The other thing is no one is going to come and tackle you on the course if one of the garbage disposal areas, like after a drink area where you get your water or your Picari sweat, no one's going to come and tackle you on the course if you throw. Because that's what I read. I'm <laughs> you, just saying. I was see? ready. You I'm see? Ready. But this is, these are the things that are in the comments. No one's going to come and tackle you and disqualify you from the race. I mean, use common sense. It's garbage. They're going to take it from you. They're not going to like come and throw you off the course. So um, GPS, it could work well race morning, but it may not. So I would say the number one tip besides going to the start line is to turn your auto lap off. If you're, you know, from Europe or areas that use kilometers or you're a U.S. runner and using miles, turn it off. Turn auto lap off. You're going, and the run, the way it sets up, every kilometer is marked. You have 42 kilometers marked. The first mile is marked, mile five is marked, mile 10, mile 15, mile 20, and mile 25. So you're not going to get all your miles. So you have to think about this, Naomi, how are you going to manage your race? The way I recommend everybody manage it, you have eight 5K splits. You have eight 5K timing mats. I took an index card, and you'll remember this from Berlin. I took an index card in my room with a Sharpie and wrote in giant letters because I'm old as fuck and I can't see. 
can't hear too well anymore either. And body parts aren't holding up too well for me <laughs> either these days. But, you know, we're still going to try, man. We're going to try to get this shit done. But um, for me, I just take 5K, 10K, 15K, 20K on the front and on the back, 25, 30, 35, 40. And I write out whatever my projected split is. If I'm trying to beat the sweeper bus, am I trying to run a BQ? Whatever that is, if I write those eight splits down in giant letters and maybe I even take the step of going to a Staples or a print shop and getting it laminated and tuck it in somewhere a vest pocket, a jacket pocket, a race belt, I'll have it and I don't have to be concerned with what my watch is saying. And I split my watch every time I cross the 5K mat, then I'll know, well, 25 minutes and 50 seconds. Okay. I've done that same thing with the Sharpie just on my arms. So arms, I just look down and I know exactly where I'm I've, at. I've seen people go hands. I yeah. mean, so that's, a, that's another important tip. So again, I would definitely turn auto lap off on your watch. And also by going to the start area, and running, I'm not saying, you know, go run five miles or whatever, but you can run the first two, three miles if you're staying at the start area. And unfortunately, this year I'm injured, so I'm not going to be leading shakeouts and running extra miles, man. I'm going to try race day, but get over there to the start line, run up the block, make that sharp left-hand turn, make the second left and run right back down the block that the KO Plaza's on. And then you kind of sweep around a little angle, like kind of right-hand turn, and then it leads you out to a main road. But I think the things I always try to point out expect that you are going to be in a crowd for at least the first mile of the race. Don't think, you know, this, don't compare this to Boston or any other race where you were able to get into the clear and hit your normal pace by a certain amount. It might take you as much as a mile. After that, you're going to be fine. The road is going to open up. It's going to be clear and you're going to be able to get to whatever pace you want. So the last thing you want to be doing, and I saw it last year, man, is people ping-ponging and zigzagging and trying to get around everybody. What do we do, Naomi? I just wait. I just chill and wait, and then it opens up. But that's exactly what I was going to say, is I know people are excited. A lot of people are disappointed that they're in different you know, gates than they initially thought they were going to be in. And they're like, how am I going to get from E to D? I, I would conserve my energy as my style, but what, what advice would you give? Yeah, I, you just you just nailed it. I mean, if you think about it, uh, we all want to achieve a negative split in a race at some point in our life. That's a truly well-executed race. Day. And if you're a novice runner and you don't even know what that means, it just means that you run the second half of the race faster than the first half, right? So in people that are trying to run the magic three hours and faster, you know, if you run a 132 or 133 first half and a 127, you know, that gives you your three hours. Like, that's a really well-executed race, um, as opposed to running a 124 first half and then running a 140 second half. So um, just let it flow early. Make friends. Talk to the people around you. I guarantee you a lot of them are going to be nervous too. They're going to be nervous. Am I going to get swept? Am I going to be able to get water in Gatorade, et cetera, stuff like that. And obviously we don't have Gatorade in Tokyo. We have Picari sweat. Um, so I just want to you know, go back to you and just think you must have questions. I have tons of other things in my little order of events, order of operations, if you will. And then of course, I'm going to talk about the course itself as well, because Naomi hasn't run it, but I can give you guys some tips on how the course presents itself, how it lays out and maybe how you want to run it. Um, but do you want to, you want to throw a question and now so something that's on your mind? a little bit of my mind? anxiety and okay. I'm not a big bathroom person during marathons so far, but I, what's the deal with the porta potties? Okay. Um, so the porta, porta party situation is unique. Um, we are in Tokyo, we're in Japan. So we have Eastern and Western style. Um, for anyone who knows they have to go number one versus number two, um, get your ass in the Eastern porta potty line. The Eastern lines, uh, versus Western were ridiculously short compared to the Western, uh, porta John lines. I would say 
at the end, it was just completely crazy around my area. Um, I, it could have been as long as an hour. Um, but again, we're talking about right when the gun is going to go off. So that doesn't mean you're going to have a wait like that if you get into the, the corral really early. Um, some other tips I would share, um, and I think there's that normal anxiety. What do we want to do? We want to get to the starting line. We want to get through the screening area. We want to start seeing our friends. If you're staying in the Hyatt, if you're staying in the Kale Plaza, the Knot, um, the Hilton, the, all those local hotels, you know, stay there as late as you can. I'm, I'm Obviously, the last thing you want to do is be late, but I mean, you're across the street. It's not going to be hard. Last year, we were still dealing with some COVID issues, um, Naomi. So we had an app, we had temperature, things that we had to regularly check in on. And when we went through the screening areas, we had to show that to them. So all of that stuff took more time. I think it'll take less time to get in and out of the corrals this year than it did last year. And it is marked, all those maps might be a little annoying, but absolutely, you can see on those maps where the toilets are. Um, and again, go Eastern versus Western. And by the way, you can do number two in Eastern, man. You just got to learn how to squat. Uh, I'm not saying uh, everybody should, but you know, come on, man, you're going to Japan. Why not do it? Why not do it the Eastern way, right? Um, and check it out. So what else, what else you got for me? All right. So I know that I also read or heard from the rumor mill that uh, if you need to go when you're on the course, that they don't typically have access to Eastern or Western porta potties immediately off the course. And so what does that look like? What do the signs look like? How do I get to the bathroom? Good question. Um, interestingly enough, for the friends who've reached out to me, I would say that's probably the almost highest ranking question people have and maybe the most anxiety and most worry. Um, there's no way to paint this picture pretty for everybody who's used to all the other marathons they've run. Um, we're in Tokyo. We just have to accept things are going to be different. For me, it's my favorite place in the world to travel to. There's no garbage cans anywhere. Why? Because everyone's responsible for taking their own garbage home or recycling either in their office, in their place, of, you know, where they work. It's the cleanest place I've ever been in my life. Um, with the bathrooms and everything else are different. The road closures, working with their intercity agencies and the various places along the route. So it's not going to be like London or Boston or New York. So just you have to just put all those things out of your mind. There's nothing you can do about it. You just have to face what you're going embrace to face. Right? You've got to embrace it. But hey, I'm not saying that that's good if you have to go to the bathroom. It sucks. Um, I just happened to be able to run both of those races without having to go. I was able to go in the morning and you know do my things that I needed to do and didn't have to go during the course of the race. So I was lucky because it poured rain in 2019. Uh, my lips were blue for my good friends who were there with me. Um, dude, I think I had hypothermia before the race started. Forget about after. Um, and the crowds were amazing in 2019. They were amazing. They were out there cheering. The weather was so comparable to Boston 2018 when we had the perfect storm, the monsoon, and all the cups were knocked over the table because of the winds. But the people were out there. The Japanese people are like into running on some other level. I mean, you know, it's just... It's just revered in a way that's almost hard for us to understand. It's it's literally embrace it, it, distance running is like it has lower status in their culture. So Gambate, Gambari, go fight. They'll be cheering for you. Last year was nothing like the cheers um, and the crowds that we saw and heard in 2019. And I really do think that um, they're just such a respectful society. They're such a rules-based and a rules-following society. The fact that COVID things were still in effect, I think that limited how many people actually came out to be on the course. So I'm hoping, knock on wood, look, we got Teddy over here. We got flags. We got Tokyo mugs. I'm hoping that we get a lot more people out on the course this year. Man, there's like people banging the drums and playing the drums. And 
I mean, it's just cool as hell. I mean, you're going to see some awesome stuff out there, but um, it's not going to be like races where people are going to scream your name if your name's on your jersey and things like that. So, you know, don't don't get upset about it. It's just what it is. And, you know, if you want to engage the crowd, learn a couple of Japanese phrases. Ohio gazayamas is like, good morning. It's a greeting. Ohio gazayamas. It's like Ohio, like the state and gazayamas. It's not a hard two words to learn. Ohio gazayamas. Ohio gazayamas. If you yell that to people when you're running by, they'll be like, whoa, Ohio gazayamas, go. Or gambare gambate, which is just like fight, do your best. So um, at the end of the day, it's just super important, man, that you can do whatever you can to get engaged with the people around you or the crowds, either one, because look, man, it's a long way and you're going to have your doubts out there. Um, and that's a big piece. Um, so I know uh, one thing, which um, maybe it's on your uh, cheat sheet of questions, but people have like real concerns about drinking and where they're going to get the drinks on the course. So I thought that would be a big one to address. So Basically, every 5K, Picari Sweat will be on the course. So that's available to you every 5K. Um, it's great. Um, of course, I've run the race twice, and I've also had it when I'm not in Tokyo. Um, for those who haven't had a chance to taste it yet, um, it's just very kind of grapefruity, a little less sweet than Gatorade, oh. but it's good. Um, for Many people have been getting it from Amazon and testing it and maybe using a powdered mix. Um, one of the first things I would suggest, again, once you get on the ground in Japan, and a lot of my friends are already there, some will be getting there much later and some will be getting there soon. In any 7-Eleven, any 7-Eleven, you can get Bacari Sweat. Um, in many other like drugstore, uh, uh, what's the word, Kobinis, um, that's like their little markets, little stores, you will find those available. And Picari Sweat many times will be in like an aluminum pouch versus plastic. Single-use plastics have been outlawed in Japan for a pretty long time. I don't know exactly when. So that's why you're just not going to see uh, this proliferation of plastic. And that's why they don't want you carrying your bottles and why it's just a, a rule of the race. So boxed Drinks are much more common there. That's why. So boxed drinks are common. You can bring an unopened boxed water into the starting area. You can bring an unopened Picari sweat with a screw cap and those aluminum pouches. Um, and those are all okay. And, you know, last year, did people break the rules and do things they weren't supposed to? Of course. Um, but that's just life. I mean, you know, for me, I want to follow the rules and I want to do the race based on what the culture is asking of us. And I want to be a good citizen. And please, man, do not throw your gels on the ground. Do not throw anything on the ground. And Lord, please, man, they put it in the rules because people were literally urinating in public, which in Japan proper is literally something you would get arrested for. Not maybe, you will get arrested. Um, this is not New York City where you're on the Verrazano Bridge and it's like culturally people do it. Women too. Also I not mean, appropriate, by the way. Yeah, but, you know, not appropriate. But I mean, I've had women bend down next to me on the bridge and, and pee. I, I mean, it's just much more... It's not that people want to see it or it's embraced, but it's it's just something that happens. So um, please, you know, make the effort to either go as many times as you need to in your own hotel or get into the corral areas early, um, wear extra clothes. You can dispose of clothes. You can. Um, and you don't have to dispose of them at the start. You might want to keep them on. Oh, another thing. Um, in 2019, after getting bombarded by the rain, rain season hits for Tokyo and Japan proper, I think starting the beginning of May through the end of May is where their heavy rain season comes. I would never risk getting on that plane if you haven't left yet without taking a quality waterproof jacket. Do not risk it. 
Um, you will thank me because you cannot be guaranteed that you're going to go into the ASIC shop or a Nike shop and get something that's going to fit you and be able to provide the protection that you need. So for me, I have a Gore uh, shake dry waterproof jacket. They just launched a brand new uh, jacket that's an updated version of that, which is awesome. And I'm a proud member of Team Gore. So Gore Wear, I will be bringing that baby over there with me. And in London last year, I wore a, a waterproof jacket underneath because it was kind of raining at the start and I get cold early. So definitely pack those kinds of things. Pack your throwaway clothes that you're going to want, your sweats. You don't want to be like shopping around Tokyo. I, I learned that lesson in Boston 2018 and uh, went to the shops and everybody was ready to punch each other over the last remaining <laughs> jacket. That's two times the size of your body, you know, so traumatized from that. Never travel without one. Classic. What else you got for me? Um, okay, so cross check. Definitely water on the course, right? For those of us who don't like grapefruit flavor ish stuff like myself. And then um, I did read a lot about different snacks and nutrition that's available. Some fun things like salty plum. Any experience with that? No, I personally don't have experience. I absolutely love um I love food. I'm a huge foodie and I love experimenting and trying new things. But with somebody who has celiac, uh, a lot of those things I just cannot risk. Um, you know, like for example, the pancakes are probably the thing that will catch people's eyes the most, right? Because who doesn't love pancakes? I'm not sure I've ever met anybody in my life who doesn't love pancakes. So um, if I could eat regular pancakes, oh, I would be all over those. Um, the plums sound interesting. They have some paste things that I haven't necessarily had. Um, then if it just depends, you know, at the end of the day, what can your stomach tolerate? What, what, is, exactly. what have your experiences taught you? And if you're a first time marathoner, man, I wouldn't change anything. Whatever you did before, I would make every effort to do that. Um, for me, Picari sweat has worked well. I've gotten more than enough like carbs and, uh, you know, from that. And of course I carry gels for me. I carry a waist belt, uh, which can, I can get easy access to all my gels. Uh, my phone goes in a side pocket in my half tights. Um, I do run with the phone. Some people don't last and you year. You have to run with the phone. this one, You right? don't have to this year. So it's interesting. A really? lot of people read okay. those rules and interpreted it. Um, a lot of things don't translate well to English. It is not a requirement this year. It is not. Um, they're, they're telling you specifically, do not put it in your check bag because they don't want to be responsible. Um, but you do not have to run with your phone this year. We absolutely had to. It was a requirement last year. And I think there are some people I know uh, whose wives or husbands or significant others were out on the course and they handed it off to someone somewhere out there on the course. I didn't because I personally like taking selfies out there. I like taking some movie clips. Just a and, little. And my girl, my girl Naomi runs up to me in Berlin. And I, I don't know, Angela, all my friends somehow, no matter what corral they started, they always end up seeing me. I don't know how it happens, but it's the biggest blessing of all, man. When people roll up on me like, yo, dude, what's up? It's like, so man, if you see me out there, you know I'm going to have my stay in the fight shirt on. I'll make sure. Oh, and for everybody going for the their sixth star. This is a good time to show this. So in 2019, so basically you're going to get a, you're going to get this sticker from Abbott when you go to the booth and you're going to see Judy, um, who was basically in charge of this or maybe Stuart or Dave, but it's basically going to say, cheer me on. And you're running for your sixth star. And it's got Tokyo in the logo. That was the 2019 one last year. They got a little more hyped. We got more graphics. It's a little cooler. So it's a little bit bigger. You can see it a little bit better. And, you know, I decided I'd write my name on there in Sharpie because, of course, you know, of course, people are going to read that on the course and scream my name. Uh, I don't think so. Uh, it's not going to happen. Um, but anyway, you can decide if you want to write something in there and people like that. And, I can't uh, wait to see what this year looks like for yeah. myself and anyone else who's getting their six star out there. 
Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, man. And, and you know, like the Abbott people are just amazing. I mean, they created this whole like uh, quest for us, if you will. It feels very much like a video game for me. And for you know, like how many years, Naomi, has it been for you? You know, trying to get get to this point here. How many years has the journey been? Uh, New York was first in 2013, when I was only a couple of months postpartum. I think I lost my uterus out there on the course, and so it took me. <laughs> several years to kind of get back out there. Boston 18, Boston 19, Chicago 19, London 21, Berlin with you 23, London with you, and now what Tokyo. A, what so, a, what a I'm pumped. What I'm a, pumped. What a journey, man. That's <laughs> fucking awesome. Are you kidding me? So 2013, 2013. 2013. Like, like it's, 11, it's 11 years. And you know, there's somebody who's on there who's longer. Um, my dear friend Nat, um, who was my lifeline in London after my knee gave out and got a Goggins-style duct tape job and had to walk the last 12 miles. I was texting with her so much over the last 12 miles, just asking her if I was going to make the cutoff and what the rules were, because I'd never been in that position before. I'd never been injured like that, where I had to walk 12 miles of race. And she was so... Uh, so valuable to me and she helped keep me going. So she has a question. So of course we got to take care of my, my dear friend, Nat. So she's asking about if you can wear a vest without a bladder. And the answer to that is 100% yes, you can wear a vest. You can wear a vest that buckles, zips, whatever. As long as you don't have the bladder in there, you're going to be okay. And you know, look, the rules are very clear on this. So please, you know, don't just try to bring one in and try to like scam the system. You're not supposed to do it. So just don't do it and do it the right way. Um, you can wear a belt, a, a race belt. You know, there's 900,000 kinds made by Nathan and Naked and um, so many other companies that are out there. They're all different style. Um, you want something big enough where you can have a bunch of gels in there or maybe salt tablets or whatever it is that you're carrying. Um, and you're going to be okay. And I see Nat saying it's her sixth star. Yeah, I know. I know, girl. Are you kidding me, man? You're one of the reasons I'm going, okay? Besides this one over here, you know, I don't even know if I'm going to be able to run, if I'm going to make it, you know, 20 feet down the road. But you know what? It's one of my favorite places in the world to travel to. And I've got so many friends who've been invested in this journey for 10, 12, 13 years. And if me talking on a channel like this and being over there and meeting somebody and walking them around the starting area and showing them where gate one or gate two is, is going to help them sleep better at night or meeting them at the expo for a bunch of selfies so they know where to go to get Tokyo Teddy and these flags and sake and mugs because everything is different, you know, and if you don't pay attention, you might miss some of these things. And I just don't want anybody to miss out on something that I know changed my own experience. So I want to share it. But yeah, you can absolutely wear a vest. You can tuck your phone in there, your gels, salt tablets, or anything else that you need. Um, you'll you'll be okay with that. No issues there. What's the course like? Let's talk about the course. Yeah, let's talk course. Um, so let me just, I'm going to just want to whip my notes open quickly because that'll just help me kind of go through it faster. So um, as far as the course, I think the single biggest thing is the first mile is absolutely um, going to be slow. So just be prepared. I mean, you if you're in the back corral or one of the later corrals, you are going to be going really slowly. Just be patient and hang in there. That's all I ask because it's going to get better and it's going to open up. And guess what? See the smile? It's going to be like, yeah, I'm running. I'm moving. We're moving, baby. And talk to the people around you, man. Get engaged. Everybody is in this journey. Maybe it's their first race in the six-star journey. It might be their 30th. You know, they, who knows? you know, what the situation is. Um, and, uh, you know, I don't know, but the course itself 
is a wonderful course. In terms of flatness, because people are always concerned about elevation and hills, I, you know, I'm putting it on the scale of Berlin, Chicago. That's where I'm putting it in terms of flatness. Much flatter than London. Obviously, New York and Boston are hilly and way more challenging, but it's super flat. Um, your biggest downhill uh, in terms of your elevation loss is in the first couple of miles. So really like the first four miles is really a gentle downhill and is really the place where you can smoothly get into your run and get relaxed once you get past the traffic. So that's a big part. And back, you know, conversely, the second half, you know, there's literally only a gain of maybe 10 feet per mile in some of the areas that have the most elevation gain, like in terms of going up to balance off how much you lose in the beginning. So there isn't going to be any point on that course in the second half. Like even Chicago, as flat as it is, hey, it may not seem like a big hill, but when you're finishing 26 miles and you make that right turn and go up that hill, that's a hill, okay? It's a real hill. When you're running Central Park and you've run in that park a million miles like me and all my friends have, and then you got to run up the hill by Tavern on the Green, it's a hill then. It may not be that much every day. I don't even think there's anything that even approaches that in Tokyo. So really, this course is about getting through the early miles and then after the first five miles being a straight shot, then you start your four out and back. So you got four out and backs. For anybody who doesn't understand what that term is, it just means you're going out and back on the same street. So because sometimes people get confused by like terminology and may, or maybe you're brand new to running. And so some of this stuff isn't going to be something that just clicks. Oh, I know what an out and back is. So in case you don't know, you have four of those to navigate. And for me, I would look at this as almost like a, a unique experience. If you're starting in the earlier corrals, if you're blessed enough to be in, let's say, an A, B, C, or maybe even a D corral, and you're going to run like a faster time, you have a pretty good chance that you're going to catch the elites to see them. You're not going to catch them, good Lord, unless you jump on the Shinkansen. Clarification. Yes, let's get that clear. You're not catching them. You jump on the Shinkansen, you could beat them to the finish. Yes, it, it could happen. Uh, but then, of course, the marathon investigation dude will be like going after you. So um, I think... The key is when you get to those first out and backs, just focus on like, look for your friends. You may have friends that are two corrals ahead of you, three corrals ahead of you. You might catch some elites, man. Wave, cheer for them, man. Because you're going to see them again, unless they're really slowing down or you're really speeding up. You're probably going to see that same group of people multiple times. So man, give them a shout out because man, we know how this game works, man. When you give somebody a shout out and they were, hey, that's Naomi gave me a shout out. I, that girl yelled at me last time I go by. I'm going to yell. That's a re-energizer right there, right? Boom. That's what, that's what we want, man. Aren't we all in this together? Are we trying to pull and juice each other up? So when you hit the out and backs, you're going to see people. You're going to come back. You're going to be looking visually at a lot of the same stuff. Um, and you know, you got some pretty cool things that you're going to see out there, you know, Tokyo tower and other things, uh, you know, when you get to the end, you're by the Imperial palace and you know, there's, there's plenty of really cool things that you're going to see, but for the most part, you know, it's just so clean. You know, when I ran it in 2019, there were no gels on the course. It was like on the ground. I mean, there weren't any, you're just running on this clean road. Um, and the people, we're super engaged in 2019. I hope they're going to be more engaged this year for us. So if they're not as engaged, then like I said, team up, man, find some people around you, share some miles, chat some people up. You'll know when somebody doesn't want to talk. It's not hard to figure out. You can tell when somebody's like in their own world or they got their tunes blasting or whatever. So you just roll by them like whatever. It's all good. Um, and really the last out and back is the only one that's really hard. Because if you've run Tokyo before or you're staying near the finish area, you're going to know you're running away from the finish area only to kind of come back 
in that direction again. And it would be like being in Central Park and kind of running past Tavern on the Green and then having to just like go run out in a further direction and then make your way back. You'd be like, what the fuck's happening? I want to just like go here and get the shit over with. So, um, so you got that. And the last thing is um, when you turn left on the cobblestones, you have 1K to go. And they're not cobblestones like you're going to run across in Paris or Rome that are really big giant ones that you got to worry like, okay, man, I'm going to trip fall. and break yeah. my ankle here. Like they're, they are cobblestones per se, but they're not as raised. They're not as tricky to run. And it was pouring in 2019. So we had to be really concerned about that. But once you hit that last K, like anything else, when you turn onto Boylston, does that seem as like the distance it is, whatever it's measured to, like I multiply it by five on race day. It seems like, okay, this should take me like 45 seconds or a minute. And I'm like, why am I still like halfway, Three hours later, yeah, right? halfway down the street? <laughs> like what the hell is happening yeah. here? Oh, okay. I'm on the last one. That was an IG versus reality moment for me too. Like, why am I not there yet? What yeah. is going on? Yeah. Oh, Ron told me it's only one K to go. Why is it 12 minutes? And I'm still not there. I'm, I listen, people, I can't be responsible for how much you slow down at the end because I could be crawling. I mean, I might be like, I might've taken somebody's motorcycle. Who knows what I will be doing out there at this point. But I just want you to know that the other runners, everybody's invested. So if the crowds aren't quite as jacked as normal as they were in 2019, you're still going to have the steel drums and the music and all kinds of cool stuff. There's pomp and there's circumstance. Um, you got all the other runners there. And, you know, like I said, if this is your first marathon of your life, if it's your six star like Naomi that she's been chasing since 2013, Natalie's chasing hers, or if you're going for your second one, or in my case, my third, like it's still an amazing accomplishment. Okay. And maybe the rest of your world doesn't recognize how insane of an accomplishment it is. So stick to our world, you know, like maybe people aren't going to flip out when you come home with your six star and you want them to, but whatever, man, you know, you know, you're still going to post about it 900 times and you're still going to take 80,000 selfies and you should, um, cause that's what it's all about. I mean, it's a huge personal sacrifice for so many people, right? Like all the investment, the financial investment, the time, you know, balancing other responsibilities. So kudos to everybody who's going to be there. And I can't wait to see you all too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think another big question that people ask me, Naomi, and I don't know if it was on your list over there. She's got a little cheat sheet over there. But uh, like people always want to know, hey, where's a good place to do a shakeout? Or are there any cool shakeouts going on? So like last year I hosted one at the Imperial Palace, there's the best 5K loop. It's marked. You can't uh, you can't go wrong with that. It's almost impossible to beat. I mean, there's like just spectacular water and scenery and just beauty everywhere and walls and and flowers and it's just it'll take your breath away. It's just beautiful and it's 5K and that's just like a perfect distance to run, right? As far as um, you know, a distance for a shakeout, if you will. So that's a, a great and a natural choice. So for, again, for the opposite, like Naomi and all of her friends and many, many people that I know when where I've stayed twice or the Shinjuku folks, it's also good to figure out how to get back. So for you to take the tran uh, transportation the other way to get to where the Imperial Palace is, which is right near the finish line, that's a good experience for you. The same way I'm telling people to go to the start to take away race morning anxiety. You also could have some anxiety, like not all of us, like um, Naomi's traveling with her whole family. Some are going with their husband, wives and children. And some are like me, they're just going on their own and they just have a ton of friends going there. So if that's your experience and you're not meeting anybody in a family area or something like that, you might be like, oh my God, where do I go? What do I do? Um, so, uh, you know, you want to make sure you know how to get from the finish to the start and from the start to the finish. Those are super important things. Um, 
what else you got for me? I have other things that I want to make sure I get to. So just uh, at the end, when I'm, when I'm done, I'm getting my six star, what do I do? When you're done and you get your six star. Which way do I go? Is there signs? Yeah. Is there information? So, yeah. So this year, unless I read it wrong, everybody's going left. Last year, because it was a Guinness Book of Records and because of COVID, we had just a record-breaking amount of people. It was the Guinness Book of Records. So we actually had two six-star stations, one left, one right. It was based on your bib color. This year, it's everybody's going to the left. I'm pretty sure that I read that correctly. Yep. Um, that doesn't mean there aren't a lot of people getting it, but there's the fact that there is one direction will make it easier. You know you're going to go to the left if you're getting a six-star. There's um, at least a two or two with me getting it here too, so. Yeah, we got yeah. we got Mrs. Boston Kiefer chasing my six two. started the journey in 2016. Super helpful. Thank you. Thank you for joining us, yeah. If you throw some comments in the bottom and I can read them and Naomi can read them, we'll try to, try to get to you guys if we can. Um, so you're going to go to the left. Um, yeah, you probably are going to cry some tears, maybe like sobby, crazy, insane tears. Um, and maybe not, maybe you just, it'll almost be like in shock. Like it's emotions are so weird and we're all impacted so differently. Um, where it's like almost, did I actually do this? Is it actually done? Like, oh my God, Surreal. like this is over. And Rich Loud on the bottom, six star for him started in 2013 in Chicago, 2013. Nice. Hell yeah. Um, everybody's journey is different. Um, some of us started this journey because, you know, we had problems with alcohol or drugs and running helped us clean up our life. Some of us were maybe battling anxiety or depression. Some of us are getting over a bad breakup or a job loss. And some of us have been running forever beforehand. I was a college baseball player. So I just wanted to find something that would stoke my competitive fire. I didn't know what a six star was. I didn't know what a marathon was. I just started running and you know, I found my thing. I found my uh, place, like my purpose. And, you know, like so many others, like when you cross that line and you get that six star medal, you're going to cry. I promise you. And if you don't write then at that moment, you'll be well back in your hotel, maybe on a flight, or maybe it'll be a few days later, but at some point and you'll do the proper thing and get a create some kind of really cool display for yourself that you can put somewhere that means important to you in your home, uh, maybe in your office in a den somewhere to be reminded of the journey. And uh, it's something you should treasure. 2013, I mean, that's a long time to be chasing something. It's like a video game that's never ended. And here it is. So, you know, take care of yourself, man. Get over there. Have fun. Enjoy the experience. And um, when you get out there on race day, man, just smile, man, and be grateful that you're out there and you have a chance to do it. And I definitely want to say something to, because I know a ton of people like me that are actually injured and maybe really don't have a shot at actually doing this. If you made the decision to get on that plane and you're still going to go, you can still have a great experience. It may not be the one you signed up for, the one you want. And you may have no idea if you're going to make it. You may have no idea if you're going to make it a block, a mile, or three miles before that sweeper bus comes and gets you. But I promise you this, the only way you're going to make it is if you are thinking about the most positive thoughts and you think about whatever your why is. Why did you start this journey to begin with? Is there some person you're trying to run for, a cause you're running for? You know, is it for me? It's still my mom, man. At 91, man, I want to show her I'm tough, man. I want to show her I can do hard things. But we all have something at the end of the day that like truly stirs our passions. And, you know, whether it's Naomi's kids and she wants to show them that she's a badass and she can do hard things or, you know, whatever it is, you got to find what that is. And I don't care. You know, just do the best you can, man. Tape up your injury, you know, find a physio, maybe somebody over there that can help you with that. Get over there and just try to be positive, man. If you see me out there, 
I will do my best to help you. And if I, if I got to step off, that's okay. Um, cause I've been blessed enough to already earn two of these. And you know, if it's not meant to be for me to earn a third one, that's okay. Um, it's really about sharing my own experiences with Tokyo and also all of these six star races with other people, because I, I just love sharing, um, what I've learned, you know, to help others, you know, have a more fun experience. Um, so that's cool. What else haven't we hit? I know there's other things we haven't hit. Probably one really good question. Expo sounds like it's a logistical and busy area and a little bit of a nightmare to someone like me who gets a little social anxiety and super large crowds. I don't know. Marathon runners doesn't really make sense. Anyway, um, what are the top like items that I need to look for and get and and like kind of make a quick list for myself? Like I should not leave without purchasing this or getting this so that I can kind of focus when I'm at the expo. Absolutely. Great question. And it was on my list of topics. So you nailed it. Totally nailed it. Um, so big site is far away from everything. I don't care where you're staying. I promise you, you're not staying near a big site. It's far away. Um, a couple of the most common questions, and again, I'm not on Facebook, but I still see those threads when people tag me or put me in things and I'll still see it. So one of the most common things people ask is, can you bring your luggage? Can you come right from the airport? Yes, you can. Um, there are huge locker bins, like corral bins where you can put luggage. I don't know that you can put a ridiculously giant bag. I don't know how large some of them are, but I've seen them with my own eyes and I've seen people do it. Um, another thing people may not be aware of in Japan, it is literally a place that has shipping down in a wholly different level. You can get off the airport in Haneda, you can get off the airport in Narita and literally find luggage places that will ship your bags anywhere. If you're going to seven different places and you said, send this to Osaka, send this to Kyoto, send this to Shinjuku, like it's going to arrive safely. It will be delivered properly. And that's, that's an option too. Um, but my number one tip starting on the expo, if you're there, you got to be there the first morning. This is not a decision that needs to be debated or considered more than for two seconds. If you are concerned about running out of sizes, this is one of my favorite shirts from last year. I could turn around on the back. It's got some really cool stuff on the back. Um, it, Japanese sizes are very different. They're wildly different. Um, I have rain jackets from 2018, 2019, and I have one that I made myself. So the fit is different. The sleeve lengths are different, how short they are on the body. So it isn't just that you could wear it. It's like, okay, do I actually like this? Do I feel comfortable with this? And as far as merch, it's nothing like a Boston or a London or a New York. So just don't have like this vision of I'm going to be able to buy like 40 shirts because I'm getting my six star. Like that's probably not going to happen. You're probably going to get maybe two or three shirts. Hats are not a big deal. I did see that they're going to have some hats this year, but they're just not a big thing in the culture over there. I don't know why, um, but I can also tell you that on Etsy, there are tons of people making things um, that are Tokyo based like this jacket. This rain jacket, since they didn't have one last year, um, I bought this patch. Hold on, where is the patch? There. I bought this patch. You can see that pretty clearly. I bought this patch at the expo. Um, this is ASIC, since they're the sponsor. I wanted to get their rain jacket, and it's just an iron-on. So those patches, Tokyo teddy bear, this flag, Tokyo sake, um, these buffs, a lot of these things, these coffee mugs, they're not in the main expo area. They're on a floor down. So I don't remember which floor at Big Site. It might have been three and two or two and one, whatever it is. But you're up. The main level is where you're going to go to get checked in to get your bib. Of course, you're going to want to go and get your bib first. That's generally everybody's order of operations. Okay, you're going to want to get your bib. The other thing is a ton of runners, including myself, are running for a charity. You want to go to your charity booth. 
You want to meet them and say, hi, hey man, it's Naomi. What's up? Um, they're going to give you a shirt. They're going to give you some other things. And also for everyone running charity at the finish area, just like you have your six star area, you go off and you get your medal. Then maybe they do a little video. They do some selfies with you. And then you go to the family area. There's also a charity area where all the charities kind of come together and there's like food and drink. Please don't ask me what the food and drink is because last year <laughs> I just got on the, the marathon tours bus and bailed back to Shinjuku. Um, so I just made that move myself. Um, but uh, it's just like one of those things, like get to your charity. So I'm running for Peace Wins, Peace Wanko Japan. You know, I think anyone who follows my Instagram page knows I'm a little overboard on the dog stuff. I'm a little bit of a, of a dog psycho um, because that's me. Like dogs are, you know, they're as family as my son and the rest of my family. So um, I rescued a second dog. Um, and so I've run for that charity twice before. I'm going to find one of their shelters when I get there. I leave Sunday. I fly Sunday, arrive Monday afternoon. I am going to find one of the Peace Wanko shelters and I'm going to try to volunteer for a few hours while I'm there. And for, lo for those of you who haven't ever run for that charity, Peace Wins or Peace Wanko and don't know what it is, like those dogs were instrumental in the rescue of people after the most recent earthquake. So those dogs were out there finding people, saving people. These are rescue dogs that they train to be used in a service capacity because unfortunately they have tsunamis and earthquakes are really much more common in Japan than they are in our country. Um, so that's just another thing. You know, if you have a charity connection and there is something you can do while you're in town, that's just a good way to pay it forward, right? I mean, they I'm running for KNK charities where they um, have funds and housing for homeless kids in Bangladesh, India, Philippines, Japan. And so for me, I'm half Filipino. So that was something that resonated with me. You know, those some of my relatives are, are homeless back back home, you know, so it's like it's very important. And so I'm super excited that the charity then invited me to go to their area after. And they even have um, the option for my family to meet me there in case it's difficult for me to find my family at the after section. So I'm super pumped about that. Oh, I love it. Um, and for everybody, uh, you know, what I ask, because I see people are still asking questions and it fills my heart. Uh, you have no idea how much it means to me that people that if it's helping one of you people who are scrolling by, if it makes you feel good that we're having this conversation, just take a couple of moments because what you're writing here, again, for people who probably don't understand the way IG Live works, all the stuff you're writing there is going to disappear. And believe me, I wish I had a beeline to some executive at IG to clear that up because this is this is the live conversation. Why do you want to erase those comments? Can so, we just shout out though Mercedes from Queens, New York? Because I'm from Queens, New York. So. We, we can shout out anyone, girl. You can see the screen, man. Naomi, you're my, you're my other half on this thing. So yeah, but... Um, so comments that are below here are going to disappear. So if you still want to have me like Nat ask the question about the bladder and the vest, like if that comes up again, I answer it. Just think about it. It doesn't just answer it for Natalie and take away her anxiety. What does it do? It takes away everyone else's anxiety that's worried about that point. And no, I'm not going to be able to tell you, you can break the rules or I'm going to say, oh yeah, you can carry in anything you want. No, you can't. The rules are clear. You got to follow them. But if I answer a question after this post to the live, it will stay there. Those comments will remain there. You might connect with other runners by being in this thread. So please tag your friends who are running. Say, hey, I watched this live with Run Runs NYC in New Jersey, Miles 13. It was really helpful. It was informative. And I'm also going to flip it to a podcast. Um, my producer is amazing. He does, I think, like 20 shows. The guy's crazy busy. But I asked him as a favor if he could just get this out. I don't care when he gets it out, but before 
next Sunday, obviously, not this Sunday, the following Sunday. Even if he gets it out two or three days before you're on a train over in Tokyo, you could listen for a few minutes. There might be something in this conversation that like hit the nail on the head of something that's been really uh, concerning and worrisome. So let's jump back to the expo for a minute. So there's multi-levels. You can store luggage. The charity groups are there. You'll get a shirt from them. You'll get your race bib. Walk around, find your merchandise. But to me, this fun stuff is on another level. Don't leave without getting that stuff. Um, the, the Japanese people repurpose everything. Those flags that are on the course, Naomi, the giant flags like we see in New York and Boston, those flags are repurposed. They're made into bags at the expo that you go to like a Whole Foods shopping in. And it's got the Tokyo Marathon, that cool pattern that you see that's, you know, over here, you know, on the flag or on my on my buff. So that stuff's all being reused again and again and again. And how, I mean, that's just a beautiful way to live life, right? So we're, you know, being more sustainable and, but we're also taking things home with us that we can go to shop in Whole Foods or Target or someplace instead of just using our regular, you know, shopping bag. So that stuff is all on a level down from the main expo. And there's, like I said, there's wooden sake cases. There's sake with the Tokyo Marathon bottle. There are places to buy gels and stuff, but do not risk it, man. If you are running with you can gels, bring them with you. You're running with Morton gels, bring them with you. Goo gels. You do not depend on going to the Tokyo Marathon Expo to get your gels. It's just foolish. I mean, pack them, you know, seal them up and just tow them away tow them away and you will be grateful that you have the stuff that you need. So what do we got? I see my boy, Michael Gordon is throwing up the Scotland swords over here. My boy, uh, Michael, we'll be hanging in Tokyo again. My boy, we've been, we've been there. He's going to earn his third six star this year, but I think he's in London. So I see jelly Anna runs. Oh, this is good info. Nat is back on. Someone was asking if it's easy for spectators. Where should they go? Okay. Um, I'm not always going to have an answer. Uh, you know, I think that's part of just being transparent. Um, I haven't had any spectators there. So it's not like New York where I could tell you, you know, go, you know, go on First Avenue and then cut over to Fifth Avenue and you get the two for one situation in New York. In Brooklyn, you got multiple places like that too. You know, not just for Natalie, lots of people are going to want to know that. Um, I'm sure that there are places, again, going back to the Facebook groups where people aren't fighting, as they well, always said before. I checked out the map and where you see the out and back. If your family or spectators can hang out at the out and backs, they'll get to see you twice, if that makes sense. So I would just look at the map and compare where their spots are, where the train stations are, because then they get to see you twice when they're just going to one area once. So that's that's maybe helpful, hopefully. It's hugely helpful. I mean, there's there's four out and back. So yes, that's it. That's the two for one opportunity, man. It's like two for one at the end of a basketball game, man. You get the extra, gets an extra, extra free throw down the stretch could, could be the key to the game. Um, another thing just popped into my head because we're talking about spectating on the course. Photographers, come on, man. You're going for your six star. You need to ball out on your photos. You need to make sure you get your best race photos ever. I will say firsthand that these are the most expensive. The photography package in Tokyo is the most expensive of all the majors. So just know that going in. But I don't want to hear anybody crying with the violin. Don't be taking the violins out here. These are the same people that are spending $300, $350 on carbon-plated shoes. So I don't want to hear you complaining about having to shell out $150 or $120 for your photography package. So photographers, um, the, how are the photos? The photos are uh, I, can I, can I go effing amazing? Can I say fucking amazing? I guess I can do what I want. It's Instagram. They're not going to bleep me. I just already, did. So. Yeah. It's, it's, they're amazing. Um, they're on the ground, just like in Boston or London. They got the long lenses. They got their gear. The signage 
at the expo, you will be able to get fold-out maps. <laughs> They're the king of maps, by the way. Japan is the king of maps. They have like these crazy little maps that just fold out and explode. They'll be in Japanese. They'll be in English. They will show you the exact points on the course they're on. They're always on both sides of the road. So if you decide you want to run on the right side of the road on the out and back, and then maybe you're going to switch lanes and go on the left, you, they're going to be there. And trust me, they will take 10 shots in a row of you if you're giving them the peace sign or you're looking at them. So if you want a lot of photos... Check out the photographer, man. Do something when you roll by. Don't expect them to just be like, you know, if you're just going by all like, you know, I got my headphones on. I'm, you know, okay, I'm in Tokyo. Man, you got to be like animated if you want to get a lot of shots. But they're going to take quality shots, amazing shots. And, you know, if you got your phone, you know, get some shots on the course, man. Let's go. Get the selfie game going. Get some video. Man, this is your six star for a lot of these people. And even if it isn't your six star, if it's your first race of your life, your first marathon, don't you want the memories? So yeah, be shooting, get involved, uh, get some shots. And if your family's out there, of course, they're gonna be, they're gonna be taking photos. And if they're not, what are they, what are they doing out there? I mean, you know, what's what's up with that? You know, they, it's a lot, it's a lot of pressure for them. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. So what else we got? Jeliana runs right. my fourth star. We can give you, we can give you a shot of a fourth star. Who else has some questions? So man? I have one more question. Go, so go. the marathon absolutely is the most exciting part. That's why I'm going, but I would be remiss to not want to think about, I'm a foodie. What's the, what's the hot spots. And then also any good places to shop because once the marathon's over and I have the post-marathon blues, I want to, you know, continue up my dopamine by exploring and shopping and eating really good. Love both of those. So which should we start with first? Should we start with food or shopping? You you, you decide. Mm, I guess I got to eat so I have energy to shop. Right? Okay. So food. Um, so I'll, I'm going to base it on areas, right? Because this way, at least I'm giving you some uh, suggestions in a specific area. So I say a lot of people, probably way more people are staying in the Shinjuku area. So for Shinjuku folks that are local, um, and by the way, uh, tempanyaki, which for our US uh, audience, obviously is like Benihana style, you know, chopping up the best quality Kobe steak, lobster, shrimp, all that good stuff, fried rice, all that kind of stuff. If you're into that, and I don't know anyone who isn't. Actually, if you're not into that, I'm not sure we can really be friends um, because it's a whole experience, right? And it's amazing. And, you know, like, let's not even try to debate that Kobe beef is the best beef in the world because it's clearly the best beef in the world. Um, remind me to hit that question on yeah. the bottom because I that's come up a couple of times. So it's the best beef in the world. It's amazing. Uh, in the KO Plaza, um, which is right next to the starting line, you have Yamanami, Teppanyaki, just so ridiculously good that I ate there twice in 2019. Um, met one of my best uh, running buds in the world, Steph, who's staying at the Palace Hotel with me this year. Met her and her dad. Um, and we just had the freaking best meal ever, like the night before the race. And uh, just just, just amazing. And, you know, most people wouldn't be eating steak and fried rice and lobster and drinking, by the way, the night before they're running for the first six star. But man, you know, like you got to figure out what you want in life and what's important to you and what are you going to enjoy the most? And like for me... Um, I still ran a great race. I still had an amazing experience, but that dinner will still be something company, I, will, right? I will always remember. And it is the company. It is the company. So that's local for Shinjuku. Um, because I have celiac and I know that there are many people out there in this world that have to navigate celiac or maybe they're vegan um, or maybe they're eating plant-based. So those are some things called, um, you know, oh, someone just asked about the name of the restaurant. So it's Yamanami Teppanyaki, Y-A-M-A-N-A-M-I Teppanyaki. And again, if anybody hits me with these questions after this reel goes up, after the live goes up, I promise you, I will write back every answer that I know 
um, for that. So that's the tempanyaki place. For gluten-free, um, which is a huge challenge for me that I have to navigate every day and so many others do as well. Um, or maybe somebody wants to eat vegan as well. Um, I'm not as, as versed on plant-based only, um, but I found this just ridiculously amazing place that I ate at um, twice last year. It's called Gluten-Free Tea's Kitchen. It's in Akasaka, which is in Roppongi, which is kind of a party like nightlife area. Uh, and it's just just ridiculous, like absurd, like next level. I'm a foodie. It's like I go, I'd probably eat there every night if I could. That's how good it is. And if you all steal all my reservations, I'm going to come for you. I'll hunt <laughs> you down. Um, luckily for me, I know the owner now because I got to hang out with her a few times. And these are small places, but these are the experiences that define being in Japan, like walking around, not being able to find the restaurant on Google, Google Maps because it's up a level behind some side street where things are happening that you've never seen in your life. And there's these like little tea places and other places and shops. And you're like, where am I? And then I go up to the second level and I find this place behind this iron gated door that's probably thousands of years old. And, you know, there's stools and you can see right into the kitchen and there's a small amount of tables. But every item on that restaurant menu is gluten-free. Um, they also have a ton of vegan things as well. It is absurd. Okay, dumplings. You know, anybody who has celiac is not eating dumplings every day because wheat is in everything. So to have dumplings that are like out of this world is a gift from heaven. Number two, ramen. Everyone wants to eat ramen when they're in Tokyo. Well, if you're a celiac person and wheat is used in every single chicken stock and chicken broth around, except for now you're seeing more and more that aren't, but it's not a thing that you can take a risk with. You're going to run the marathon on Sunday. Are you going to sit down and eat ramen when you don't even know if that broth is actually gluten-free or if you're concerned with being vegan or something? So this is ramen that is like world-class. Like I have videos on my feed. So if, if y'all are following my page, Ron Runs NYC, you just have to go back to last year's Tokyo post. You'll see videos. You'll see the steam coming off the ramen. You'll see the noodles. You'll see the ingredients. They have a fried chicken in there. Fried chicken. This is not like Kentucky fried chicken where it's greasy. This is amazing white meat chicken breast, small little nuggets, fried with this crazy hot mustard dipping sauce. Every sauce they sell in there, they sell on their website and they sell in the store. They're all gluten-free. They're all vegan. So you have these hot and spicy dipping sauces for the dumplings. You have the ramen, you got fried chicken. And then the kicker of all, uh, because I got to know the owner the first night I went there and then came back with some other running friends the night before the race. And she was like, well, you have to try our charcoal pancakes. And I'm like, charcoal pancakes? What the hell is charcoal pancakes? And she goes, just try it. I'm not going to charge you for it. You're going to love it. And they're like almost black in color. Um, they're not the fluffier, bigger ones that you're used to seeing. There might have been a little bit of a compote of something on the top. But these things were completely absurd. And that was the way the dinner wound out. And again, for somebody who has celiac, you can't drink regular beer. They have gluten-free beer. They have cider. So you can actually drink. And again, if you don't drink before the marathon or don't drink at all, you're not. that's not why you're going there. But to be able to have a meal like that and have a gluten-free beer and have a drink just completely like transcendental experience. Like it's not about like you're walking in there and you're going to be like, wow, this place is so cool. But when you eat the meal, you're going to be like, Ron, I thank you for sending me there because it's like off the wall insane. So it was food. And what was the All right. and part so two? For, and so for shopping, but first I want to address a lot of people are asking whether or not it's a good idea to get your gear at the ASIC store in Tokyo, or if you should, you know, really beg in the expo and knock someone out over it. Like, what? 
love it. And by the way, that question came up three or four times. Sorry that I didn't get to see who wrote that question because I love to shout the people out that actually have the questions because that's what we're about. We want it to be interactive. So um, you have two choices. You have two ASICs flagship stores, okay? You have one in, and this is this is fun. If anybody who's actually Japanese who's lived in Japan, can somebody can explain this to me because it's always confused me. So um, I see Harajuku as the address and Shibuya as an address. They're physically in the same exact spot to me. They call them prefectures in, in Japan. I don't really understand why something that's literally in the same physical space, like you're on one side of the street, it says it's Harajuku, and you're on the other side of the street, it says it's Shibuya. You're, you're literally in the same place. You're like, it's like the out and back street. So I don't really understand it. So I would love it if somebody writes in to me or DMs me and explains that to me. But so you have the one ASIC store again, the advantage for the Shinjuku people, Less than 5K from your hotel. If you don't want to run, you could walk over there. Okay, you can pass. Hold on, let me just see which temple you pass because I want to give that a shout out too. Um, let's see. It is called the Meiji Jingu Shinto Shrine in, in Shibuya. So Google Maps works ridiculous. I mean, whether you're running or walking, you're, you're talking about maybe 4K from your hotel. You could jog over there. You could walk over there. You pass through this ridiculous shrine Temple, you can't run, by the way. I almost got tackled by some guard because like, there were signs up that said no running. I know and that it, from my iFit videos. Every time he slows down and starts walking, <laughs> like all, you know, Reeves, right? Yes. Reeves, Reeves all of a sudden will be like, instead of the walking, and I'm like, do I have to stop walk running? Yes. Like This little dude chased me down. Naomi had white gloves on and uniform. I was, I was so embarrassed. I honestly, I wasn't trying to like scam anybody. I just was- You just I, don't know. You just I didn't know, know. And I was going on the path and Google- Maps was directing me this way. So you can go from your hotel, less than 4K to 5K. You go right to that temple. It's amazing. I mean, just spectacular. You're walking through these gardens. It's so beautiful. The trees, everything about it is like, I want in. I want to do this. Um, this is a cool experience for me. You land on the other side and you're in Shibuya slash Harajuku. And you'll feel like, hey, man, I hit the shopping district. I know what this is about. You see big, cool uh, shopping stores, clothing stores. You have an ASIC store, which is they have two flagships there. So one is in Shibuya, Harajuku. Um, it is, these are not big stores compared to what we're used to. So for all of us that have had the blessing of, let's say, a big city store like a New York City Nike town, we're not talking about a store with like eight levels. These are a couple of levels. They have some merchandise. They absolutely had some of these items last year. Most of it was sold out when I got there. And I got there like, I don't know, eight days before the race. And they were already sold out. There were a few items that were left. So for that question, I would not depend on going to the ASICS flagship store to get your merchandise. I know a lot of people have been going on the ASICS sites in Japan, ordering and having them shipped to their hotel. Hey, that's a great option if you're not as concerned about how it's going to fit. It's a great option because... The truth is, you probably can exchange it with another friend. You know, I can tell you right now, you better size up one size from whatever you are. And then, you know, there's always going to be that one person that sizes up and then they're going to go, well, this coat's too big for me. So like, that's why it's hard to give people advice. Like I remember, um, Telling a good running friend of mine, you know, Monsef last year at the expo, I go, dude, you better buy a size bigger. And he goes, no, I'm going to just get my regular size small. And I was like, okay. And then afterwards, he's like, dude, I should have got the medium. And I was like, that's what's up. But he got a shirt and he got the color he wanted. And I think he was able to swap it out with somebody on a Facebook group. So, um, yeah, so food, shopping. So Shibuya, 
Harajuku, big box stores. You have a New Balance running store. You have the ASIC store. There's also a Nike store. And then there's just tons of cool places. One of my favorite food places, because I see I got a bunch of foodie comments coming in below there. So that makes me really happy. One of my favorite places was called My Bon Me. Um, it's a Vietnamese gluten-free vegan place. And unfortunately, like her rent was so high in Harajuku, Shibuya, and I ate there twice last year also, got to know her and her staff, and they're just fabulous people. Um, they are going to a pop-up style and moving out, but unfortunately, their pop-up location won't be settled while we're there. They still will be cooking. So if there's anybody on here who is planning to do any kind of party, you know, everybody has different plans. You know, they got their families there. They have kids. Maybe they got a suite. Maybe you're going to throw some kind of party. If somebody needs food catered over there, send me a DM, send me a message because either Mrs. T's or my bond me, like I know them personally. I know the owners. I could reach out to them and believe me, they will deliver food to you. You know, you think Uber Eats works in the US, man. They will get you your food in, in Tokyo, no matter where you are, it will, it will get delivered. So um, the second big shopping place is Ginza, which is near the Finnish area. The ASIC store there is bigger than the store in Shibuya. So you maybe you'll have more selection. Maybe you won't. Remember all the people that live there and or the people who are there super early, they, they all have the same idea. It's Ginza not like this is- Hashtag bougie area, Ron? Uh, you, you might go bougie. You might. I mean, you could. You could. We, we like the word bougie. We, we've tried to find ways to use it in a sentence, but we've had some fun with that over our, over our marathon journeys. But um, yeah, so Ginza's got great shopping, you know, super awesome stuff. I, I'm at the Palace Hotel um, for anybody who is running this for their first time. Um, I unfortunately will not be rolling out and doing shakeouts across at Imperial Palace. I think last year, Michael, my good buddy, Michael Monsef was there. I think we had, I don't know, 40, 50 people show up. You know, maybe not everyone ran the whole way with us. We had a, we had an awesome group. We had so much fun. And just the same way we're having this conversation, you know, I was able to answer so many questions of people um, that were nervous. And I see, I don't know if I say Naja or Naja, runner 1608 just asked, is this being recorded? My girlfriends are all at work and I would love for them to watch this later tonight. They're also running Tokyo with me. Nice. So I wish I could pronounce your name. I don't know if it's Naja or Naja, but you can shout me out in the comments if we got it right. Either way, yes, this is being recorded. Um, and it might take me a few minutes to actually hit the post button after this because I might write just, I have to write something about it. And yes, that's what this is all about. This is going to stay in my feed, in my stream. I will um, share it to New Jersey 13. You're absolutely right. I don't know which one was right, but it's a, one of them was right. So yes, thank you for joining. But I'll share it to Naomi's feed. We'll collaborate so it'll show up in her feed. It'll show up in my feed. And look, I'll take a shot. I don't know. Um, there, I'm allowed to collaborate with three places. I might tag... Um, marathon majors or Tokyo Marathon Foundation and offer for them to collaborate because then it'll hit even more people because, you know, I've got a, a lot of followers and Naomi has hers. But if I could get one of those two to accept the collab, then it'll really hit a really wide stream base of people. And then also for people that are joining late, this is going to get released as a podcast as well. Um, so um, it'll it'll show, it will drop, um, I don't know how many days from now, but it's going to drop and it will absolutely drop before race day. So you can listen to this maybe on your flight over, whatever, and please tag all your friends, man, all your friends, every single one. So I see Neja, Neja, there we go. So now we got it, Neja, if I see you over there. And anybody who's staying at the palace, man, hit me up, man, send me a DM, send me a message. I'm happy to meet you in the lobby. I'm happy to walk you across the street to Imperial Palace, which is where you want to run your shakeout, you know, hit you up for questions. You know, it's all good. Um, what else? What didn't we get to? We got the food. Oh, best shakeout spots besides the Imperial Palace, because that's a good one. But I got to tell you, Yogi Park rocks. 
Okay. And why does Yogi Park rock? Because what we just talked about, leaving from Shinjuku, going to the temple, popping out in Harajuku, Shibuya. Get, guess what else is right there? Yoyogi Park. You know what else is in Yoyogi Park? Cherry trees. You don't want to miss those. Okay. And every year that I've gone there, they have a blossom schedule for the entire country of Japan. And it shows you when they're going to blossom. Every single time I've gone there, they blossomed while I was there. I guarantee you they're going to blossom. Man, there's no way we're going to- I've been watching the blossom it's schedule. Gonna, it's going to- Is your yogi close to the start line? Yes, it is. It's probably three or 4K from the start line maximum 5k. It's probably 4k. You can easily get there with Google Maps. You could jog over there. You could walk over there. Um, it's all good. It's a fabulous place to do a shakeout. I mean, there's like little ponds. There's cherry trees all over, which is called Sakura in Japanese, by the way. So we want to get our Japanese words on. We want to get our game on. So Sakura, um, you'll see there's ponds. And by the way, Yoyogi kind of runs right into the temple. So it feeds into each other and then it dumps you right into like the shopping area. So there's tons of fun places to explore for food. Um, just walk around and experience it, man. You know, everybody wants to make reservations and do all this stuff. I love just like rolling with shit. I, I'm, a, I'm a winger. Yeah. I like winging a lot of stuff. Somet sometimes the vibe, is the vibe good? Like what's going on, the energy, right? So too many people, I'm like, Arr! you know, divert the plan. Hell <laughs> plan yeah. Me. Hell yes. Have I seen cherry blossoms in Washington, D.C.? Chris Topher wants to know. Hell yeah, I've seen them. They're beautiful. Of course. D.C. is literally one of my favorite running cities in the U.S., right at the top. It's a great, great place to run, great place to explore. And, you know, we're blessed that we can run because what better way to see anywhere we go in this world, city, country, somewhere new? What's that? Forget Google Maps. Get out the door of your hotel. You know, I might ask my concierge some questions. I never know where I'm going, man. I'm just like, I run. Let me find a church. Okay, let's find, let's find some architecture. Let's see what's up. Okay, and I guarantee you while you're running around, guess what you're going to see? You're going to pass by some cool restaurant, maybe something bougie, maybe something that looks like a little dumpy. Um, you know, the thing with Tokyo that's unique is, you know, you'll have these ramen places that are like automated, that are like computer automated. There's no one serving you that comes out of like a, it's almost like, and also food and drinks when you're at big site at the expo, the wait, do you right? see the vending machines? You're going to be like, what's going on in here? Like what is happening? Uh, it's wild. And yes, Chris, I have run the Marine Corps marathon. Yes. Many, many moons ago, maybe 1997. Um, yes. Uh, this is my, I've run 77 marathons. So, um, although the last few years have really been almost all, uh, world marathon majors, you know, I think I've run, uh, 12 or 13 New York's and 10 or 11 Boston's, but I've run so many of these other ones. This is my third Tokyo and, um, all the other ones I've run at least five. So, Best ramen noodles in Japan. Chris is a little late to the party. So yeah, that's uh, Mrs. T's uh, Gluten Kitchen, which I definitely talked about in detail. So you can wind this video back and you can hear the whole, you can hear the whole deal on that um, and get that situation covered. You can also ask these questions after this thing gets posted. And then that's the best way to be sure you see an answer in print. And then, then you can share it with your friends. But please, man, share this thing far and wide after it gets up there. All your friends that are running, share it, um, push it out there. Or maybe even to people who you know have Tokyo still on their list that are going to try to run it next year. Let them learn a little bit more about what to expect, what expectations are, what, what's it like, what's the experience like, and you know what, what your uh, hopes, hopes and dreams are going to be. So what else? What didn't we hit? Let's see. Honestly, I think I think we hit up a lot, and I'm super excited. Thank you so much for answering all of my questions, Ron. 
I can't wait to be out there with you. And you know, I'm going to find you out there. Like I have for the last, I don't know what, four marathons that we've run together. So I will find you. Um, I will say, hanging out with Ron, a lot of people come up to him <laughs> and find him. So, you know, go ahead and do that too. Harass him like crazy. You know, he loves it. <laughs> yeah. Do not be shy. I mean, if, if there's one thing in the world I tell people all the time, like the only thing that freaks me out a little is if somebody like will come up and like pound me on the back really hard. And I've had plenty of people do that. And they'll be like, stay in the fight or like punch me in the arm really hard. I'm like, dude, I'm like 63, man. You could like, just because my personality is crazy doesn't mean, you know, you could knock my ass over. But uh, uh, it's been so fun, Naomi. I mean, every time we get a chance to chat running, how could it not be a good thing? I'm definitely, you know, for everybody, I, I've had a huge break in the podcast because of rescuing Nacho and just how much that's taken for me to get this beautiful guy settled from, you know, running around in an Indian reservation in the loose to being picked up in a, uh, a rescue shelter in Utah, making his way to New York to me. So it's just been a, an amazing, unbelievable experience, but it's been everything for me to just try to help him get settled. And obviously I'm also injured, so I haven't been able to run for like over a month now. Um, but anytime I get a chance to talk running, it's a beautiful thing and it fills my heart. And you are coming on the pod for real where we're going to do our own show and we'll talk about your six-star journey. So please, for people who aren't following my regular, my Ron Runs NYC page, please follow Run Chats. Please go on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you are, subscribe. And apologies to everyone who does listen. Uh, it's been a while since Tammy was on right before she went down and ran the Olympic trials, uh, episode 126. It's been a huge break, but I appreciate you all hanging with me. We're going to get back to it. This will be the next one that'll be up. And then I have some people in the queue that I know that I'm going to talk to. And uh, hopefully some of these people tuning in today, if you got a cool six-star story or something interesting, you've overcome some uh, interesting hurdles in life because, you know, the show's all about staying the fight, man. So if you got an interesting story, hit me up, man. And if you're over there, man, send me a message. Come out and say hi. We'll get some selfies. And to everybody running, man, have the best damn experience. Have Good a, luck. Have, enjoy. Yeah. Smile. Have, smile. Smile all the time. And um, enjoy your travels, man. It's, it's literally the most beautiful place to travel to. So um, that's the deal. We will see you over there. We'll see you over at the expo. Um, same thing goes for that. I'll be there Thursday at the expo. So if anybody, you know, is there, send me a DM, hit me up. I'll be there. Um, and then after that, I'm not doing any shakeouts. So forget that, man. I'm saving whatever I got, man, for race day. And hopefully uh, that's going to be the best strategy to, to be able to make it. So anyway, you guys are all awesome. Thank you so much for uh, being so interactive. I mean, asking so many questions. Um, it just really is a wonderful, wonderful thing to be able to connect with other runners and help them on their journey. And uh, let's stay positive and let's get this shit done. Okay. All right, man. So as we say at the end of every real podcast that I do versus an IG live, we tell everybody to keep lacing them up, to keep getting out the door and always stay, stay in, in the, the fight. fight. Peace out, my friends. See you on the other side. Take care. Take care.